Okay, let's do a little bit of a, a quick hydration with my coffee that I am now allowed to have since I am no longer carrying a life inside of me and we will process how lifey life has been lately. Hi friends, so this week I wanted to take a little break and talk about something a little personal to me, which is the fact that I woke up this morning uh, and had uh, a miscarriage. I've always been really big on not feeling obligated to lick your wounds in private, if anything, because we so often don't have private places to lick our wounds. But I find more and more, especially after the, after the pandemic, I don't, I don't have alone time ever. I have fake alone time. I have the type of alone time where you have someone, you know, a, a paper thin wall away. I have alone time and privacy where it's, oh, guess what? We're going to the store. So you get some alone time today. And it's like, oh, goody. Oh, goody. Let me try to make my art within this 45 minutes of, of panicked stolen moments that I've received last minute. Because as we all know, that's when the best art is made. I never wanted to have children as an autistic person. You know, I, I didn't know I was autistic for the majority of my life, but I never wanted to have kids, right? And, and I made a video about this. Whenever I've said that before, it's not that I don't want to have kids because I don't like kids. I love kids. I don't want to have kids because it's, it scares me, you know? I don't not want to hold babies because I don't like babies. I don't want to hold them because I realize how priceless and, 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 and fucking precious they are. And they're autonomous beings. And I don't like the idea of, of, of this being that, that I, there's haptic feedback there. There's inter, I can feel energy exchange happening when they just get passed around and shoved in my face. And I'm like, ah, that doesn't mean I don't like them. That just me, like, and that's always really gotten to me. You know, I all of a sudden became known in my family as I was always known in my family as like the moody, temperamental, cold hearted you're cruel, Annalie, whatever, like the kid with emotional problems. But I didn't, I, I never really enjoyed being known as, as, as the person that didn't like babies, as the person that didn't enjoy children. And it doesn't help when you identify someone as that, especially when they're a kid, because it becomes harder and harder to not live that experience. You know, like if you look at a child from a young age and say, well, Annalie's never really liked kids. Annalie's never been really good with babies. How do you think I'm going to develop in, into my adult? How do you think it's going to affect my conception of whether or not I want children? These, these seem like very common sense basic things to me. So it, it astounds me. It, it has blown my mind in this, this short journey of, of motherhood that I will claim. I, I know I, I, I wasn't technically a mother, but I will claim that experience, right? Like I will own that because it's already changed me. It amazes me how casual the majority of holistic and neurotypical society can be about like, of course you want kids. Of course you want kids. And then how also flippantly casual they can be about miscarriages. Does that make sense? To me, if you've always wanted kids your entire life, then you would understand the gravity of the situation. Then, then you would be so emotionally invested. And, and I understand it's just, you're probably just stronger than I am. But now as I sit in this experience of never having wanted kids because I knew how fragile and precious that was, gotten pregnant, all of a sudden realizing that guess what? I have a capacity for feeling things that I never really knew I had. And, and sitting in my own unique experience of miscarriage, I've always just been a very um, overly sensitive, highly sensitive, overly empathetic person. I don't mean like overly empathetic, like, oh, I'm so empathetic. But just if someone describes how feeling sick feels, sometimes I will also feel sick. I've always said that sometimes, and this is really weird, 
when babies come into the family or babies come into friend groups, sometimes I'll get sad. I've gotten sad before. And I'm really big on analyzing my own emotions. And I've asked myself, like, why is that? Like, like why is that? Like, why, why would that be that I'm feeling this ugly sense of, like, not being able to join into the joy fest? And, and I've talked about this before, but this is what it is. It's, and I was able to put my finger on it one day. This sounds terrible, but to me, there's never been anything remarkable about loving babies because babies are already perfect. Babies are easy to love. And when I voiced that in my head and I processed that, I was like, oh, I'm my inner child again. That's me. That's that, that, that's that little autistic adopted version of me who was so difficult to love, who no one could really understand, who no one really took the time to understand. And I get it. When I look, when I watch videos of temp temper tantrums of me straight out of the orphanage, I say this a lot. I'm amazed that my parents didn't get a divorce. And I carry a lot of guilt about that still because I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty sure that my parents' life got nothing more, it just got difficult, and it probably got more unpleasant after they adopted me, you know. But, um, you know, I was a kid, and I had a lot of problems, and and at no point did a social worker ever say, maybe we should consider autism. Man, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a trippy thing, right? Because I realize how much uh, babies and children really, they're such blessings, and, and they, they've, they've, they've already, this whole experience has already made me um, I, don't, I don't know if I'm going to say a better person yet, but it's definitely heightened my roof and my capacity for feeling, right? It's definitely expanded my ness of whatever ness I am, you know, my Annalie-ness. There's been a lot of growth. Um, I just don't feel like I've grown into that growth, if that makes any sense. Like, I, what I really want to do is I really want to join a group for like, a Facebook group for like autistic moms. Because I really want to know if autistic people process the experience of pregnancy and motherhood differently. I feel like you have to, you know, like autistic people already process life and themselves differently. They, they, they must, they have to. I'm, this isn't, this is my new homework project to myself to go make friends with autistic moms because they're out there. I'm just busy in a closet talking to myself too much. But I just know for a fact that the way, even when I was talking to my friends and, and they were like, oh, I'm so happy for you. I've always wanted to have kids. And I asked them why, like why? Because a big thing for me when I realized that I was pregnant because I wasn't trying was this big question of like, am I selfish? Is it even, and, and th that seems so weird to my friends, but that I did, I asked myself that so many times, so like over and over, is it selfish to bring a child into the world right now? Is it even, is that even like a thing that one should be doing? Is being excited about being pregnant solely a thing just because, because this is the thing. I didn't want to be happy about being pregnant because it would make me happier, right? I really wanted to make sure that all of the emotions and all of the joy and all of the excitement that I was feeling about possibly being a parent was to love something, to love them because loving makes us better. You know, not loving things is where we get in trouble. Not loving people is like loving is what feels good. And so I, because I, it, it scared me all of a sudden. When I realized I was pregnant with me and me and my partner have been together for about a decade out of nowhere, you know, we've been through so much now, you know, we've, we've been through breakups and gotten back together. We've been through trauma. We've been through the pandemic. We've been, you know, parents dying. We've, we've, you know, he, he, he's my ride or die now, but all of a sudden, and this sounds so cliche, but when, when I realized I was pregnant, man, like life, I never thought I'd say this life got really beautiful. People got better. Why is that? And, and, and the closest thing I've come to, the closest, the best words for that is that just loving makes us better. The act of loving, the act of caring. It kind of pulled me out of this weird um, fake, optimistic, fatalistic nihilism, if you will, right? Where I had kind of gotten to a point, because man, this past, this past year has been a lot. 
And it's kind of like those little moments where you don't even realize you're depressed. You know, a lot of times I'll have moments when I'm doing dishes and I'll kind of have these moments of like, and, and it's very hard to understand if you, if you don't get it, but it's, it's when everything's going fine, everything is really going great, but all of a sudden I'll be doing the most mundane thing. And it's usually doing dishes or like cutting vegetables with my dog in the window open, getting ready for my boyfriend to come home from work. And I'll just all of a sudden remember that everything is kind of actually okay, no matter what. Like there might be bills, there might be, but I'll be able to take a breath and it never lasts a long time. Like the minute I register it is actually honestly kind of when it goes away. But I'll just, all of a sudden, I'll just remember almost what it was like in your childhood where you still have so much naive hope for things and life is still simple enough to where, especially for the way my autistic brain works, you feel like you've got everything. Like there's no, there's nothing on the back burner. There's no debt you've been carrying around for years. Like there's a certain magical place in life, right? And it's almost like, it's almost like reaching that moment again, you know, like it's almost like reaching that perfect little moment to where you don't, maybe that's what it feels like to like release worry, to like actually release worry. It's like almost like when Everything in your brain kind of just balances out for a second and it just feels like I'm surfacing for air for a minute. And I'm just like, oh my God. I'm, I didn't realize that I was kind of sleepwalking and I wasn't really depressed, but I wasn't really like fully alive. It's like I all of a sudden remember and can feel experientially for a second what my best version of myself that I forgot I used to want to be was. And I'm that version of myself for a second. And then before you know it, I slip right back into, you know, survival mode's too strong of a word, but kind of like this, this the slight residue, this slight fogginess over my filter of life to where I'm not as fully colorful and I'm not like that exact exuberant, vibrant version of myself. <laughs> a certain part of me thinks that like, of course I have a certain amount of apathy. Like if you don't, you're probably doing some crazy amount of mental gymnastics that just say that everything's okay. And I, I really don't want to be that person because I really believe in aggressive joy. I really do. I believe in aggressive joy and then I believe in, in resting as an act of resistance, if you will. Like, I need to believe those things. It's just, I, just, I just need to. <laughs> I'll take what I can get. But, you know, like asking myself, why does this make me happy? Like, really, why? Even today when I was having the miscarriage and I all of a sudden was just like, really like, like, like crazy in my head. Like, first of all, the hormone... Y'all, it's a lot. It is a lot. When my boyfriend went on antidepressant, when he went on these antibiotics because he had his front tooth, like this this terrible <laughs> botched um, root canal gone wrong, he had to go on these antibiotics, right? And they were like serious antibiotics because he had like this abscess up almost near his brain, which is really, really dangerous. But they have a lot of side effects because they're really intense antibiotics. And he kind of started acting crazy for a week. And we looked up the side effects and it said things like acting irritable, unexplained feelings of sadness, you know, like, and, and he was just in disbelief of how much these, um, these antibiotics were affecting him. And I remember looking at him going, Oh, so so now you know what a period feels like. Now you know what it's like, when, when I tell you I'm bleeding, like once a month. Now, now you know, and, and I'm really glad that happened. Because his reaction of just like, Oh, wow. Oh, whoa. I guess I do know. This is crazy because no matter how much you try to explain an experience to somebody, you don't know what you don't know, right? As I was going through these crazy hormonal changes, I'm al I already had body changes. Like my body's going to have to, seven weeks is not a long time, but I'm a small person. I'm four foot 11. I'm a tiny little Asian girl. My body definitely has gone through changes already. And that's a weird, it's a very weird meta thing for pregnancy is just so, so, so freaking weird. 
And I just feel like holistic society talks about it as if it's just like, oh, you know, that's part of it. That's part of it, you know. And that's, you know, I had my third miscarriage before I had my two boys. And it's like, okay. As I was in the hospital today, in the bathroom, the cold, sterile hospital bathroom with that overhead light just shining down, you know, and it's already such a weird, it's, it's, it's such a weird experience, right? And I'm cleaning myself up from the transvaginal ultrasound. Here's where I'll give you my trigger warning. Bodily fluid trigger warning. If you would like to tune away, do so now. Five, four, three, two, one. And I remember as I was cleaning up, I, I, I I passed my sack right there onto the bathroom floor. I'm in there by myself, right? I'm already feeling really emotional. I hear this sound and I'm like, oh, okay, that's, this is, this whole experience is, wow, it's a lot. I, like, where do you read about these things? Like, I'm trying to scoop up this, this poor little sack that is my unborn child, Cricket, and I'm having these really weird out-of-body experiences and I'm, my thoughts are going a mile a minute. Do I take a picture of it? Like, my, my partner... We went through Wendy's, the drive through because that's all I wanted after the appointment. My partner was like, um, I, I really wouldn't have been surprised, babe, if you had wrapped it in a napkin and, and, and put it in your purse. Because that's just the type of weirdo I am. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's that's that sounds disgusting. But it's just, I had such a weird feeling because I was holding this little sack or whatever. What do you even call it, right? In a napkin, looking at it with, with equal parts revulsion and like devastating amounts of adoring love. Like I'm, I'm a big fan of confusing emotions all at the same time, and this, this is, this will make my, my list of top five. What is this thing? I love this thing. This is, this is so alarming and repulsive. What is going on? I, I kind of wanted to like hug it, but instead, I flush it down the toilet, and I thought to myself, man, even my, even my pet goldfish had a better burial ceremony than this, and I know that like that is not something that a lot of people could understand, but it felt so wrong. Like that, this is life. Life is very lifey. This is weird, right? Like I was just in the bathroom and I, and I kind of did. I kind of did wish I had had like a plastic bag, you know, that I could just scoop it up and then like go bury it near my magnolia tree or something because it just felt so wrong to be like, I, I love you. And also in the pooper, goodbye. Like that doesn't seem like a great ritualistic way to like process. Anyway, those are like the moments when I just feel like I see and process things, at least in a way that I don't hear things talked about a lot. It's kind of like when I had my first HIV test and the doctor was just so carelessly like, I'm sure you're fine. And then like proceeded to just give me, you know, my, my results at the time. But, but, and I remember thinking, but what if I, what if I had been positive? Like you are not set up at all for the circumstances of you would have, that would have been traumatic forever. There was people around. I wasn't even sitting down. Like you just, we're just so rough with life and and I I'm very aware that that's something that I need to become more accustomed to. I I really thought that um as I went through life I would get tougher and stronger. But the more I heal, um what good is it doing? <laughs> I didn't expect the miscarriage to devastate me the way that um it didn't has. And I know that sounds really naive. I'm aware of that. I admit that. I admit that. Listen, I'm I'm naive. Um but I, I didn't think it would affect me as much. And when I really analyze it and I really think about it, which is what I love doing to separate myself from the actual experience of feeling the emotions. <laughs> Why am I sad? What may, I didn't know. I didn't know this child. It, it makes me kind of feel the same way I felt when I went through like my, my divorce. At the time, I wasn't so much upset about uh, losing my ex-husband. 
I was upset about losing a version of myself that I really thought that I could be. You know, like I thought I could save him. I, I was young. I tell friends a lot that, you know, when we have breakups, we're, we're not missing them. We're, we're missing versions of ourselves. We're missing a life that we thought we could have had. You know, we're missing a person that actually never existed. But what we perceive in our brains and in experiences is inseparable from what's what we're actually experiencing. You know, experience is based on personal perception. So it's still reality to us. It's still like the death of somebody. And I ask myself, are, are, am, I, am I being selfish for feeling bad? And in the same way that I'm questioning, was I being selfish for wanting this baby? I ask myself, was, am, I, am, I being, is this, am I making this about me? You know, like, oh my God, I'm so sad. Like, get over it. Life moves on. You're not special. Millions of women have miscarriages. Like, what is the big deal? You think that you're suffering just like that ongoing and, you know, like that, that dialogue and this really uncomfortable, unnecessary sense of shame that I somehow let my partner down, you know, that I somehow, not that I'm necessarily like less of a woman, but that I wasn't able to, um, that I wasn't able to give something and make something that so many other people have been able to. And, and the disappointment in my partner's face because he he was really he's really wanted children our entire relationship you know when I met him 10 years ago one of the reasons I really fell in love with him was because he, he loved babies and I don't even love babies but I loved the goodness in a man that loved babies if that makes any sense I, I just did I just you know I, I I know it gets a little creepy as we get older and the babies aren't his but he's one of those people that he just loves to love and he loves to teach and he loves to care for and he lo he just loves that and I love that about him and and I was really shocked at how much of that guilt I took on I know I know that's not my guilt to take but I I can deal with my own pain I've always said that I, I really can I can deal with my own pain it's really hard for me to deal with others pain because it's just so much more painful right that's why the best friends are ones that will sit with you in grief and that's why the best family members are the ones that will not try to fix something, but they'll just accept you. I say this to my, t my partner when we were going through a lot of the problems we went through where I was like, I need to be able to just suffer and I need to be able to process things and, and I need to do it unattractively. You know, I need to be able to, to feel ugly while I do it and to feel comfortable being ugly around you while I do it. And I need to be able to just know that you're not always trying to solve something and fix something and to know that you're not always trying to run away when there are these really uncomfortable moments that happen in life to where you can't do anything about it. You just can't fucking do anything about it. But I need you to sit here and in the, in the discomfort of that. And like, man, life is a mirror. Life is a mirror because I suck at that too. I, I really, I, I suck at that too, right? But that's the part that makes me the saddest is having to bear that disappointment with him, you know? I'm also dealing with a lot of hormone fluctuations. I have to remember that too, right? Like, it's a very, very meta thing to literally bleed out like the tissue of a potential person that you wanted to birth and to know that that is the process of what is happening. It kind of reminded me of when I was in my early 20s and I got a really bad case of alopecia. I got a really bad case of telogen effluvium, which is the kind of alopecia where your hair just thins everywhere, right? There's no like little bald spots, but your hair just starts coming out in chunks. And I just remember how terrifying showers would be because I would take a shower and I would just watch handfuls of, of hair just go down the drain and and it doesn't sound that traumatic but you're washing yourself like wash away it, it feels like you're just going to wash so much of yourself away that there's not going to be anything left I'll never forget I, I told my partner I was like you don't understand I know things are going to be okay but it is a such a crazy meta thing it's not just like oh 
I went to the bathroom and I bled and now there's no baby. Do, do you like do you understand like what a process that is in your brain to know pretty much intuitively that you're losing the baby, but you have to wait till the morning. But like the entire night, the entire, you know, the entire afternoon before, the entire morning, it's this slow, drawn-out process of like goodbye. It's so traumatic. And, and I don't think that, like, that's an over-exaggeration, you know? Like, don't worry, I'm not going to use this as an excuse to do nothing and be lazy and, like, wallow for the next couple weeks. But it is a very traumatic thing, you know? It's not something that you just get over. And maybe some people do, and, and, and that is okay. I, I'm jealous of those people. I understand that life moves on, but life can move on, and you can deal with it, and it can still be traumatic. A acknowledging it as being traumatic doesn't mean that that it has to be either or, right? That it all of a sudden means that you can't contribute to society anymore. Don't worry, I'm still working on helping the cog of, you know, capitalism move. But still, the minute the nurse, the, the midwife who came in, she was she was really all about business at first. And then she gave my arm a little squeeze, right? And she said, don't give up. Don't give up. I, I almost wrapped her in a violent, inappropriate embrace. The sweet little nurse that I, I just, I didn't know at all, went from being a stranger to like, even the way she looked changed, right? Like the way she physically looked changed. I'm not good with faces. And a lot of times I talk about how it's very hard for me to recognize someone until I get a feel of what their energy is, like at a new job or something, because I just, something about their features won't lock into my brain. And all of a sudden it happened. All of a sudden I could see her. I could see what she looked like. I would remember her face again. And, and her, her last minute sweet little energy of like, it was so humanizing, right? It was like the first moment in the entire experience for the entire day where all of a sudden it didn't seem like there was this weird bullshit obligatory formality that we're doing for what, right? It just seemed like, it seemed like the appropriate response. It seemed like the thing you should say to somebody, don't give up, don't give up. I've been there. I've been there. And um, I remember just sitting there last night. It's, it's, it's the least I've ever been able to focus on anything. And I remember just sitting there like in such a meta, meta, meta experience being like, I am watching a movie and yet I am not watching this movie. All I am doing is just being hyper aware of every little trickle I feel and every little trickle I feel represents another. Like, how can you not? How can you not think that? When I hear stories of like how other cultures deal with women who are menstruating and they, they miscarriage, it's like sometimes they're put in an isolated tent with family members to where they can just give the process and the experience its honorable due. I've just really been someone who's always really needed to sit with an experience before I can let it go. That is my version of closure. It's kind of like not addressing an infection. It's kind of like, let's just brush it under the rug. It, it sounds really masochistic, but I'm like, if I can just feel all the pain now, like, let's get it over with. Let's feel it. Let's look at this ugly ass feeling, this emotion, because then I can let it go. And and I and I fully admit that I probably take it to the opposite extreme to where it's it's a little bit of a, a trauma response too, to where I want to feel it too much. I'm like, let's really feel this. And it's like, okay, Annalie, okay, we're done. We don't have to revisit it a million times. And I'm like, no, we do. Let's really dig in. Let's pick at that scab. Let's really feel it again. I just want to sit here. And like I told my partner, I was like, more than anything, I want to be really dramatic. And I just want to, someone left a pack of cigarettes here over Thanksgiving because they, you know, they just threw it in with the alcohol they brought. And there's a big part of me that just wants to like go and pack that, pack that pack of cigarettes and light it up and just sit there dramatically on my porch 
with with my double iced coffee with four espressos that I'm now allowed to have. And I just want I just want to smoke those cigarettes. I really do. And I just want to look off into space and I want to feel the burn and I want to be dramatic. And I just want to. But why? Why? I don't know. I, I don't know. That does no good. <laughs> that seems a little and it's not even performative. It would be for no one but me. That feels like my version of like a funeral, if that makes any sense. It feels like I sat with it. It, it. It's weird. I always say that the more you resist something, the more it persists. When I was going through a lot of autoimmune things, and it, it feels the same thing as with grief, the people that are so quick to say, oh, it, 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 it's going to be fine. You're, you're fine. You're fine. No, 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 no. You're not that bad. It, it was not comforting. Not nearly as comforting as the people that just said, oh, I can't imagine what that's like. That sucks. Oh, my God. I can't imagine that. How pa- Was it painful? How long did it last? I feel like when you ask questions about somebody's trauma, I don't know, it validates it more than just saying, it's going to be okay. And it's the pandemic too. I don't want to get to a place where I'm going to let fear steal my joy because I'm afraid that I'm going to lose things, right? I want to be able to still get excited about things. I don't want to be in a place. I, I felt that a lot with this pregnancy. I was so worried something was going to go wrong because I'm you know, on geriatric pregnancy over here, but I was so worried something was going to go wrong. But I remember just telling myself, I've spent so much of my life not enjoying things because in my brain I was somehow worried that it, if I let myself live and if I let myself like dare to hope and if I let myself get excited about things, then somehow, then somehow I would ruin them, right? And that's kind of an impossible vice grip to keep yourself in, right? That's kind of an impossible chokehold. The anxiety and the worry of like, can I enjoy life? Like, that is the thing I kept wondering to myself, like, dare I get excited in case something goes wrong? And I just, me and the universe are kind of in a standoff right now. Me and the universe, me and the world, right? We're kind of in a showdown where it's like, not being ashamed of having hoped for things, right? And not being embarrassed at um, having been open and naive enough to get excited for things, even though there wasn't a guarantee of, of, of things working out, because there's never a guarantee, right? And I'm already so paralyzed in my day-to-day life about trying to find the perfect systems and trying to find the perfect process. And I, I end up not doing so many things because I feel so paralyzed because I can't do things perfectly the way I want to. And it's almost like during the pandemic, I got to a place where that got a lot worse. You know, I was really good, partially because I was traumatized by societalistic programming, but, you know, I was really good before the pandemic about um, kind of blindly doing. Too much so, I I was ignoring my body. I was dying a little bit, actually, physically. You know, I was ignoring the fact that I needed rest, but there's a middle ground. I've had a hard time finding movement. I've had a hard time finding inertia. I've had had a hard time finding the ability to self-sprout myself. And I'm really trying to get to get back to a place where I just I just live sloppily and I just do. For all the overanalyzing I do with my emotions, it, it doesn't really do that much good. <laughs> I am fully aware of that. I, I am fully aware that, you know, really dumb, blissfully ignorant people at a certain point really do end up functioning much better than I do. But being hyperverbal and hyperlexic, it's not really something I have, have claimed has ever helped me. It's just something um, that is the only way I've ever known to like move on to like other levels of progression. Life is so lifey, right? I got pregnant right after I went to the holistic doctor to try to figure out, like, I, I sent my poop in. I did hormone testing. You know, I, I did parasite tests. Like, I am still now waiting to see the results, but I had to stop all that. I had to stop all of that because I couldn't do the heavy metal detox 
when I was pregnant. I couldn't do the parasite cleanse when I was pregnant. I couldn't do all of these things. And so, yay, now I get a chance to do that. And and hopefully that's hopefully that's a good thing. Maybe I can get my body into a place where, you know, I, I like to think that like cricket, you know, the little soul that the baby was kind of came and was like, mm, the situation here is we, we got some house cleaning. We, we got some work to do. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm going to come back later when we've got shit a little bit more under control. That That's how I, I like to think about it. Because I, I also told my partner one point, I was like, I just really wish that I had gotten pregnant after all of these cleanses. And he was like, yeah, but everything happens for a reason. Why? And I was like, because I can't help but imagine my little my little baby being surrounded by parasites. Because I'm, I'm really obsessed with parasites right now. I'm on Parasite Talk. <laughs> and I'm so convinced that so many of my autoimmune things has to do with like candida. And like, so I'm, I'm the friend sending all of my friends videos of worms and parasites and just being like we all have them we all have them other countries deworm <laughs> and my partner was like you know you have don't please don't imagine our baby just surrounded by worms and I was like that's just the way my brain works that that, that is the whole thing I got a blood test I got I've gotten so many blood tests where I'm black and blue on my veins because I finally after the pandemic got to a place where I was like I have to I, 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 it's the Christmas present from my partner's mother. I was like, I don't need anything. Like, let this be, like, please help me just get my blood tested. Help me test for candida. Help me actually, like, not just do a parasite cleanse from Amazon. Like, help me go to a real doctor and, like, figure this out because I've got rashes and I've got boils and I've got chronic fatigue and I can't contribute to the household. I can't make money. Like, help me. And I was so excited about it. And then, boom, pregnant. Life is, why does life happen like that? O over 10 years together. Not on birth control. And now? Anyway, this is how my spiritual side is, is, is processing it. Maybe this happened to be the catalyst to let me know that it's actually something I wanted to begin with. Because I would have never known that I wanted something like this ever. I didn't think I wanted this. I hate my partner. He's made me weak. I used to be a bad bitch. I used to be a little misindependent. And now all I want to do is just like homeschool and, and wear funny clothes and do little dances. And that's all I want to do. What has happened to my brain? I used to be somebody. I used to have a career in New York. I used to, it's just, it's just so crazy. So my, my spiritual side is like, yo, you know what? Get to know yourself. Consider it. You could be this person. You do want this. Take a few weeks to like fantasize. My partner and I have never been closer. And, and I think that that's part of the reason why, I, I mean, I'm honest with myself. The miscarriage made me so sad too, is that there was just all of a sudden so much more love than there had been in so long and, and so much more bonding. And it, it's really weird. Part of me, this is going to sound really messed up. Part of me almost wants to say that, like, we almost, like, needed this experience. It's not, like, for waste. Most of the traumatic experiences in my life have been the ones that have really changed me the most, which is really annoying, but that's just kind of how it works. I can't believe how changed I am after seven weeks. I cannot believe how in seven weeks you can go from the surprise news of something you've never, ever even considered wanting to just feeling like a completely, completely different person and feeling like something is all of a sudden the most important precious thing that you've ever wanted. It's a traumatic thing. It really is. And I don't know what other people believe, but my partner was like, well, we're going to try again. And then, and then, and then Cricket will come back when she's ready. And it kind of caught me off guard because in my brain, I was like, yeah, but we can't just, we, if we actually do get pregnant again, we can't just rename it the same as the other baby. And it's a different baby. And because he was like, no, it, it'll be the same soul baby. It just wasn't ready. Cricket decided to come for a little visit and, and she just wanted to let us know that, like, hey, hey, I'm here, and and maybe you guys need to get it together a little bit, but I'm but I'm gonna come back, and it's gonna be this, it's gonna be the same soul, and she'll come back when she's ready, and and it, and I don't know, it changed the way I thought about it in a lot of ways, because all of a sudden it, 
it kind of like wasn't saying goodbye, you know. It was kind of like, I'll see you, I'll see you again when we're ready. Ah. Uh, my partner was like, please don't just go home and open up a pack of cigarettes and start drinking that bottle of Prosecco that was left here. Please don't. Like, we've got two months. We've got two months to get some cycles in. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. That's, that's the old me. Ah, uh, well, that's how, uh, that's how my Thanksgiving was. <laughs> it kind of feels like I'm, I'm joining a club, if that makes any sense. It kind of feels like I'm joining a, like a, a badass, could have been mom's club type of thing. It, it's weird the way I'm conceptualizing things is very, very odd lately, but... Anywho, that's where we are. And, um, man, yeah. Life, life be real life lately. Okay. <laughs>